this discussion tonight. It's going to be a fascinating time of engagement and an extraordinary meeting of the minds, for the meeting of the minds. Okay, where am I on this thing? Okay, here I am. Okay, I was concerned for a moment. So yes, so do me a favor, uh, share this with your friends and let me share this to my page. And we are not going to waste time. Uh, our special guest is here. And we are going to get into this discussion, and it is going to be extraordinary. So, hello, everyone, again. So, tonight we're discussing apostles and prophets, uh, that relation, that relational divide. How was it that you navigated? And as I want for as I said before, thank you all so much for being here. Looking forward to all that's going to be discussed tonight and the fruitfulness of this time of engagement. So, let's get right into it. First of all, let me introduce our special guest, Apostle Benjamin T. Moore III. He serves as the apostle and the pastor of Empowerment church incorporated formerly kingdom empowerment worship assembly incorporated founded in 2009 ec is a city church and apostolic center established to nurture train equip and release the people of god into the commission of their kingdom purpose affectionate known as bt3 yep bt3 he is the grandson mm -hmm. of the late bishop benjamin t ball senior dd of the pentecostal assemblies of the world incorporated he is the fourth generation he's a fourth generation pastor and is grounded with strong foundational roots that anger his ability to transform lives bt3 has ministered to hundreds with his dynamic and insightful teaching he's, he's a brilliant man and a gracious man of god he has anointed to break down hindrances to heal to hindrances to total restoration and to health his exhortation is igniting his prolific preaching is reviving the intensity of his prophetic utterance. let me slow down his enlightening and his wisdom fathers and mentors the body of christ into their kingdom assignment so sir i will say that he is he is a father uh, he just he just exudes that nature. He's the founder of the Advanced Ministry Institute, and I'm actually a student right now in his prophetic modules. And so I'm going to ask him even when he comes in just to share a little bit about that because he's been doing such an extraordinary work. I mean, just so much has been blessing me. And he began operating in his God-given ability to identify, navigate, set vision and direction while cultivating, equipping, training, and imparting into the followers of Jesus Christ you, to advance the kingdom of God through ministry. Wow. And so he is, um, Benjamin T. Moore is a major placeholder of regional change and transformation for the whole state of Indiana and beyond. And he has received his education at Indiana University, Purdue University in India, in, at Indianapolis, Anon Bible College and Wheaton College, and currently resides in Indianapolis with his lovely anointed wife, Prophet Lisa Michelle, and sons, Christopher and Isaac. Uh, long story short, Apostle Moore is an extraordinary man of God. He is, is, is someone of great grace, great power, great wisdom, and I am absolutely blessed that he is here. And I'm looking forward to our discussion. So, guys, I want you to virtually join in the comments and help me welcome Apostle Benjamin T. Moore to the show. Apostle Moore, are you there? I'm here. Bless you, man. Thank you for having me. I was I was blushing as you were reading my uh, <laughs> my bio. I'm light skinned, you know. I was turning red a little bit, like, oh my goodness. Uh, but I'm honored to be on with you tonight. I, I appreciate the uh, the invitation. I think it's going to be really, really good. 
it's going to be a great discussion. But first of all, uh, uh, let me say from the depths of my heart, I sincerely am grateful that you would take the opportunity out of your schedule. I don't take it for granted, especially senior leaders, and on the weekend, on a Friday night, that they take the time to talk with anybody because, and you're an introvert. You can see you're more of an introverted type of person, so uh, you'll probably probably be found someplace in a book and reflecting uh, and planning and thinking something and just spending some time with your family. So we really do appreciate the investment and for you for your place and space here. So, Apostle Moore, let me begin by saying this, and I, I said it privately and I mean it publicly, that you have sincerely blessed me through your teaching, um, just the first session, on, on the prophetic, I have the I have the joy and the privilege of, of engaging uh, your mind with the, with this with this next series of prophetic modules. Can you just tell us a little bit about that and how it is that we can uh, get in contact with some of these resources that you have, sir? Sure, man. I, again, I, I appreciate you. Something um, we started back in 2011 uh, was our school of ministry. It is now accredited. Uh, we offer college level degrees, and so. Last year when COVID hit, I said, you know what? I've got to change it up a little bit. I've got to, you know, rewire some things, restructure some things. So we started offering uh, what we call prophetic life modules. Last year was the first time that we did it and we wanted to do it again this year. Um, so you can find information. In fact, uh, we had someone join and say, hey, just I, I'm joining uh, just from your testimony. Uh, and so we got, we're going to be adding a new student, but, um, you can go to our website, uh, www.amiuniverse.org, amiuniverse.org, AMI stands for advanced ministry Institute, uh, .org. And you can see what we offer in the way of, uh, ministerial education. Absolutely. Um, guys, and if you join in, he, you, um, he has, you, you can, yeah, he doesn't just teach you. He has an entire textbook, a manual. He takes you through um, a thorough. I mean, we were we were watching video clips. We were looking at <laughs> like, contemporary issues and whatnot. I'm like, okay. I, I said, he, he, this is not some dry, dusty theological institution. You know, where yeah. it is. And you take someone else's book and commentary and you present us. No, this, this is really um, extraordinary, relevant information. And Apostle, uh, just thank you, thank you for for, for sharing with us. Uh, I would say this, especially as a prophet, it is unusual to hear an apostle of Jesus Christ really begin to meddle, uh, or so to speak, engage in the uh, in, in the arena of prophets and the prophetic. Uh, most tend not to do it. It tends not not necessarily to be within your scope uh, and your mind. But so so, I just want to know what what propelled you or brought you into that arena to begin to speak. In that fashion. Um, well, first of all, I'm married to a prophetess. Um, and so, <laughs> and we've been married for uh, 15 years. We'll be celebrating oh 16 years in October. Um, so, I'm, <laughs> the half has never been told. Uh, but uh, I'm, first of all, I'm married to one. Um, secondly, we have a lot of uh, women of God, particularly women of God at our, at our ministry that are prophetic and they're called to the prophetic. And so um, it is just one of those things where I'm very relational. Um, I'm an ambivert, you know, so I can be very like, let's go. Hey, woo. And then in the next moment, I can be like, leave me alone, please. Uh, but I'm very relational. And so I, I think just um, and there's a prophetic side of me as well. So just those ingredients kind of have endeared me to prophetic ministry uh, and prophets. So that's why it was kind of on my heart. And then just looking at the scope 
of what's going on today and, and how a lot of the controversies, a lot of the issues that surround the body of Christ, unfortunately, um, not in every single case, not in every single case, but in a, in a decent amount of uh, a percentage come from prophets and prophetic people. And we don't understand and we don't know and we're afraid to talk about it. So I uh, decided to do something about it, quite frankly. Apostle, well, I think you ought to be commended for that. And you've been doing an excellent job as uh, not just as a prophet myself, but also as someone who's had to defend uh, the ministry of the prophet and its integrity. I, I, have, I have an innate sensitivity to when, to when, to when it is that others um, begin to address prophets and, and the whole a lot of issues and some of the problems we see among the prophetic community and just and i want to see how they handle it. right and you've done so great you've done so really really graciously so now thank you uh, like i said we're going to be talking about apostles and prophets this this, this this whole dynamic so i have got to ask you and i don't think i ever did how did you come to understand that understand the call of the grace of god upon your life as an apostle wow well we can take all night to understand that but um <clears throat> We got time. <laughs> hey, we're quarantining and, 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 and cutting down on travel. So, um, but honestly, I, as I look back, I know this sounds really churchy what I'm about to say, um, but when I look back over my life, I've always been a little bit different. I've always seen things a little bit different. I've never really um, been a part of the in crowd. And so my personality has lent me to um, just kind of be very introspective. Um, before fast forward, uh, before my wife and I got married, we were dating at the time and we had, we went to our church's, uh, anniversary and there was an apostle there, uh, that I won't name. Um, but I'm still friends with him today before we were married. So this had to be like 16, 17 years ago. And he was talking about how he was leading his church and leading his congregation and talking to people. And I literally looked over at my wife and I said, that sounds like me. And so I, be, well, she wasn't my wife at the time. And it, and it just really began to kind of, things begin to kind of click. Um, I grew up, as you were reading my bio, as you can see, I grew up in the um, Pentecostal symbols of the world. Um, and there was, oh yeah. And there was, um, uh, um, a former presiding Bishop who again will remain nameless, who I had great love and admiration for. He was preaching in Indianapolis. And at the end of the service, I heard the Lord say to me, go home. We need to talk. And I mean, it was, it was, it was as clear as day. And, um, and so I went home, I was probably about 20, 21 at the time. And I got on my face and, and God said to me very clearly, he said, you are an apostle. And I didn't understand what that meant because we didn't have a bracket for it. And so skipping around, long story short, um, I just began to expose myself to where I felt God was taking me and who I felt God was making me to become. Uh, and so through the process of education, exposure, uh, it was it was confirmed over and over again through other voices, other people. Um, and then we be just begin to, to bear fruit. And that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> and I will, I will join it with the rest of them. And, and, and as I said, after especially after sitting in your class, after like the first 10 minutes, I said, yeah, I said, yeah, he, he, he's a legit apostle. He's not. Uh, he, he's, not, he's not a misplaced pastor gift or some or somebody who can who can just talk really well. I said um, you you can hear you can you can hear the sagacity and just uh, the 
um, that that grace almost as if false prophets you can hear that almost like coming across very very clearly and so so um, consider considering it the fact that 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 inherently it is very clear that you are not you're not ignorant to the world of the prophet even though it is a jury yourself are, are in a apostle right i'm guessing it has meant that you also have to do a lot of work with reconciliation resolution dealing and navigating uh, navigating engaging with prophets um especially with apostles and prophets because we tend to be we tend to be like uh, uh, in a sense different sides of the same coin it seems at times but 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 our, our differences can really work uh, to create challenges and, and create a lot of tension absolutely uh, tell, me, tell me tell me about some of your experiences with us well <clears throat> again and it's so funny how god sovereignly does things my wife is a prophetess and simply being married is a challenge but when you but when you add to it weighty calls from the husband and the wife and starting in ministry, those are like three huge things that you have to contend with. And so my marriage in a lot of ways has been kind of my 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 schoolroom, learning my wife's uh, moods, how she changes things, how the way that she sees things, the way that she hears things. And so what I'm finding is, or what I have found is, it's really a matter of navigating personalities and perspectives. It has nothing necessarily, it's it's, it's not necessarily, oh, the blood of Jesus against you and you're crazy and you're wrong. And and there is some of that sometimes, (laughs) but but it's really a matter of, of understanding and appreciating the different personalities that God has put in the body of Christ and then put you in relationship with. And I think, uh, Alexio, we don't do relationships well by and large in the kingdom. Uh, I, I don't agree with you that, you know, um, in, when, when I was looking at the book of Ephesians 4, that, that it says at the end of the day that the whole focus is to bring us into the unity, the unity of the faith, and that, and that seems to be um, at the crux of, at, 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 as an extraordinary priority for most authentic apostles and and, and it's, it's simultaneously the greatest issue within, right. within the body of Christ of uh, just that whole dynamic of engaging each other in a relational fashion so uh, so you said something that, that a lot of times it's because of personal perspectives and I think sir to add to that that perhaps one of the challenges that we don't realize is that the gift of the grace of God really seems to shape even your outlook on life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I was I was I was thinking, I was thinking about this. Even if you look at the scriptures, you see that the Old Testament was primarily written by prophets. And if you look at the books of the Old Testament, you see um a lot of narrative. You see poetry, you see songs, you see a lot of stories, you see a lot of, you know, um, just details of what was going on, you know, in the inner heart of Jake, you know, Joseph. And so you just kind of see a lot of details. But when you skip to the to the New Testament that was primarily written by all apostles, (laughs) you see facts, you see history, you see principles. You see letters that get to the point, you know, it, you know, and so 
it's just it's just the perfect marriage between the two, right? The old covenant or the old testament rather in the new testament, they they it's just a perfect blending. Um, and, and so one of the things that again we were called we were talking about this behind the scenes here. A lot of times we don't take the time in the body of Christ by and large to just sit and think critically and really take a step back and actually read the scriptures. So one of the things I always say in my classes is amazing things happen when you actually read the Bible. For and yourself. For yourself, yeah. And, and without the lenses of your denomination or without the lenses of what you think it says or what you think it ought to say or whatever the preacher may have said. And, and we perpetuate such levels of ignorance in earnest, but a levels of ignorance that keep us divided. And like you said, a lot of times our callings will shape our personalities. Um, I'm the identity guy. I love that's one of the mantles of my life is helping people to identify who they are, talk about those sorts of things. And I think a lot of times we we begin to demonize one another because we have differences of personalities rather than celebrating the fact that God sovereignly decided for a particular personality to be the way that it is to to advance the kingdom of God in their specific way. Um, and, and so we fight one another, we contend with one another, and we really need to begin to celebrate one another and understand there's a reason why... I, I'm like this. There's a reason why you're the way that you are. And it's not to offend and it's not to hurt, but it's to come together and be unified because unity doesn't necessarily mean uniformity, but we think that it does. Yeah. yeah. Unity. unity. I, 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 I even say that unity is impossible when it is a uniformity because unity usually requires require a, a sense of self. That uniformity tends to requires to be suppressed. Right. You know, uh, when it is that you're talking about being married to a prophet, and I pray grace upon you that this explains why, why you're so mature. <laughs> but I, I, I go, but I look back in my life, you know, and um, um, growing up in, in the call upon my upon my life, I remembered that there, that when I first wanted to learn about the ministry of the prophet, I I was referred to. Uh, a woman of God who was known as a as a she's a minister. She was known as a minister. I didn't know. And late, years later, she was a publicly and was recognized in our nation, in other nations, as an apostle. Apostle Mark, can you imagine a thirteen-year-old prophet under the guidance of a of 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 of, of, of well a thirteen-year-old extroverted prophet like me under the tutelage of an introverted apostle who spends a whole lot of time in prayer. When I tell you <laughs> the sparks in that relationship, listen, listen to me. <laughs> it, it, it was, I, I hated her. I, I, hate her. I was, she made me mad. I thought y'all were so mean. I'm like, y'all ain't got no sensitivity. Y'all ain't nice at all. <laughs> I'm like, like everything. Listen, okay, anybody who's ever dealt with real, with mature apostles can tell you that you all are some of the most gracious people I've ever met. I, I sincerely do mean that. But man, can't nobody burst your bubble like an apostle. 
And can't nobody just bring you right back down to reality in a moment. <laughs> and me, my feelings got hurt for years. Now, I'm ex I grew a lot because of her grace. But I'm like, you mean? I don't know that you. Why do I keep coming back to you? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> can you speak to that? What, what, what is it? What is it? Because I think this is part of the issue that, 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 that we have. Most prophets, we grow and we experience God on our own, independently. You and God, or however it is that you figure God, whatever is speaking to you and engaging you. And so we have encounters, we have supernatural experiences. We figure, we follow, we go straight across the board to do whatever that we think God has have us to do. Whenever it is that you engage with real apostles, you tend to Bring, come with the consciousness of government, um, the, the wider issue and the bigger body. And that right there, two completely different realities right. and conf conflicting priorities. Right, 100%. So, so Apostle, so tell me, um, how have you seen that? How have you seen some of those things worked out? Because I've spoken to prophets uh, who, who knew you. <laughs> And, and, and I was, I was smiling like, yeah, you're the boss for sure. And, and, and uh, how do you, how do we navigate some of that? Because I can tell you as a prophet that, that primarily the thing that we're most, in, that we're most hold deeply to is our independence. And the thing, most apostles, the first thing that you all die to is your independence. I think, um, I love this. I think um, a part of the problem is that, by and large, a lot of us grew up under pastoral models and gifts. And so I think genetically, if I can use that word, the head person in charge, we say, is the pastor. And I think subconsciously, we think anybody who's in charge is the pastor and a pastor would never hurt my feelings. A pastor loves me and cares for me and wants what's best for me and understands me and is excited when I say, pastor, I had a dream, I had a vision and I saw angels and this was happening and this was happening. And you know, and, and so, so when you actually encounter an apostle who is wired completely different from a pastor, that goes, oh, okay, did you do what I told you to do, though? And that's what you do to me. Y'all, that, that's what a possible <laughs> does to me. I, 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 I mean, I decided from last year, we ain't going to put me out there. We ain't going to put me out there. So, possible, you, you, you ain't, I'm exposed myself. I'm exposed to the devil. So, you ain't going to do it. And you, you, you ain't going to start nothing. Because my, my apostle, she's in the comment section. And she got the same attitude and issue with me. So, we ain't going to start nothing on my show. But that's what you do. Listen, listen. I, I remember that this is, this is, it's an honest to God back. I had an encounter with Jesus. A supernatural experience where Jesus was at the door of my apartment. I looked at him and he was outside. I saw how beautiful he was, how amazing he was, and he was knocking on the door, he was peeking. And I'm I'm completely fascinated by the encounter. So I'll make up feeling like I'm John the Beloved. I'm I'm, I'm like I'm the fourth person that I got him. I don't see Jesus. Most folk ain't seen Jesus. I tell 
You know what, Tanika? Watch your spit. Watch it. <laughs> okay. I, I, I tell the apostle, I, I, I reach out to this apostle. They said, um, do you realize that you were saying Jesus was on the outside? <laughs> of your, he was on the outside. I'm like, ma'am, I saw, no, you missed the whole point of the dream. What he telling you, you ain't saying. He was on the, uh, I didn't talk to you for several weeks. <laughs> Here's here's the thing, I, I, and I and I and I'm saying this experientially. I think because of the call of God on the life of apostles, there has to be a level of sobriety because there's such a level of responsibility, and the calling sometimes overshadows the warm and fuzzies, and so because we're not used to that. I think sometimes we can mishandle apostles because we think, like you said, oh, you don't care about me. You're mean. You burst my bubble. And it's not that. It's that I am so convicted about who I am in your life and what God has given to me that I'm not going to mismanage that. The apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So an apost a true apostolic father is always thinking about what am I exemplifying for those that follow after me? What, what characteristics am I displaying for those who are under my metron or my sphere of influence? And, and, and because of the meticulous nature, we're builders. We're blue. We look at blueprints. And so, like you said earlier, it's, it's about a macro level, big picture thing. I'm glad you had your encounter, but you did just say he was outside of your door, which means he was not in your house. So what could God be saying about that? I'm standing at the door, knocking at your door. You didn't hear me when I was preaching to you through your man and woman of God. So I'm gonna come <laughs> knock at your door. You see what I'm saying? You see how I hear you? You see that? Listen, all I knew was Jesus. Jesus showed up. <laughs> could, you, could you not just? Could you not just, the Bible says rejoice with those who rejoice. At least I have a beyond for me. I'm like, come on. But at least, I'm so, but in all seriousness, as I'm mature, these are some of the things that we continue to see. Because one of the things that you see happening is that most prophets, um, the nature of revelation for us tends to work in such a way that it is a part of who it is that you are. It, to real prophets, um, what God speaks is not just what he speaks. It's connected to the reality of who it is that we are. I mean, that's why, you know, the Bible talks about, it talks about for the prophet, the Messiah, the burden of the Lord, the hand of the Lord comes upon the prophet. You know, Ezekiel said, I was by the river to bind God, gripped me by the locks of my head. And so for prophets, there, there is an, a deep psychological and an emotional attachment mm -hmm. to who God is and what he's doing inside of our lives. And so sobriety and objectivity is typically the last thing Right. That you tend to find the prophets, when it, while it is simultaneously the first thing that you <laughs> that you see with real apostles, right? Because you have to judge and wait. And so, and, 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 and so, I, most apostles I've heard a lot of the concerns of being that I think prophets are hyper emotional, uh, won't settle down, 
uh, always going in 10,000 different directions. So, you know, these are some of the, the, these the dynamics. Prophets are like the prophet. I've heard prophets say, um, these folk apostles that you're religious, your church is dry. You, 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 you stay on this, this one subject matter. And it is the truth. Um, most apostles, I bet, if God give you all something, y'all, y'all can preach and teach and stay on that for the next seven to 10 years until you are, you are convinced that you have exhausted. <laughs> what God has given to you. Me, God speaks something once, he's speaking to me then. I don't know what he said, what, what um, um, Lexa, what did he see, remember what he preached last week? No, I don't remember what he preached last week. I'm on to something else. He's something, this, the river's always flowing. And so, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's always a funny thing. Uh, it's, it's always a funny thing uh, that the things happen. And so, so so understand so understanding that um that there are really very very strong differences and um that, that it seems to play a role in the disconnect and you said something very crucially crucial important you're, you said that it is the pastoral dna and, and culture that 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 has that that, that has been founded which um, interesting enough tends to work against the reality of real unity because we don't have to mature because usually a very strong pastoral culture creates a place and space where everyone is comfortable and happy, but that doesn't facilitate growth. Right. 100%. Um, you said something that really kind of triggered my mind. We talked about Ezekiel being gripped by the hair. I thought of the apostle Paul getting knocked off his donkey in Acts chapter nine. And the first thing that when he encountered Jesus, he said, who are you? <laughs> and the next thing he said, how can I serve you? What do you want me to do? And I, and again, I think that speaks to the mentality of apostolic gifts. Like what just happened? I need reason. I need understanding so that I can know what to do. Um, I'm working on a book and I, I, I'm supposed to have it out two, three, now three years ago. I'm going to get it out this year called um, Apostles Mind Engineers. And that's the thing that we really need to understand about the apostolic mind is that we are, we are, we engineer thinking, we engineer thoughts, we engineer concepts. And so you're right. The, the apostle can sometimes get stuck. And we on series, you know, how to build your church part number 25, you, you know, uh, you know, we, we can get stuck in that thing because we get gripped with it in our person. So when I'm laying hands on you, I'm imparting what I'm saying to you. So we get baptized into that thing. Right. Absolutely. And so this is why, again, I believe God in his wisdom and in his sovereignty said, I'm going to have to pair a prophet and an apostle to be the foundation for my church because y'all can't be dry and boring and y'all can't be wild and crazy. Y'all gotta, y'all gotta, y'all gotta be a little bit of both. Y'all gotta be a little bit of both and you gotta learn how to respect one another's callings, giftings, and, and personalities without being offended. Absolutely, and, and you know, and I and I'll say this, Apostle, uh, as a prophet, one of, um, because I found I think in part because I was uh, reared and I spent so much time around legitimate, legitimate, healthy apostles that that I that I, I um, 
that that I, I've gained I've gained a lot of affection, especially as it pertains uh, to legit ones, mature ones. Um, you, you hold a great place in my heart. And simultaneously, I've always found myself grieved when 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 apostles of Jesus Christ and people who utilize the term apostles bash prophets and 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 out of their frustration and irritation, they they they, they give commentary against the gift that they so desperately desperately need. Because, um, you know, I can say this as a prophet, one of the reasons why I think apostles and prophets are so necessary working together is that if we look at Paul and Barabbas, which is a beautiful story of, of, of what, what these divides actually look like. We would have never known who Paul was if it wasn't for Barnabas. Barnabas, mm -hmm. um, which, was, which was his title, the son of consolation, that, that, that he, was, he was a prophet, he was a prophet in the church at that point in time. And it was him who takes Paul who's later on going to be recognized by the Pope, and he brings them to the church. Mm -hmm. And I've found many times it has been the prophets who, by, uh, we have a way of gaining a measure of credibility and weight uh, with, with, within a sphere. Usually the apostles have found that your credibility has come through, through, through perseverance, service, uh, and, and fruit. But prophets have a way kind of creating almost like an elevator. That, 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 that relationship of real prophets that we usher you into realms that you typically would have that, that, you're, that you would have never been in and so we see Barnabas does this for Paul and he and he gives credibility he said listen this he said yeah take he's legit so what would have happened if Barnabas who, who I'm quite sure was a voice of credibility at that time had, had utilized his had, had bashed Paul <coughs> Uh, and have made it difficult for this necessary, extraordinary, but misunderstood gift um, to, to not be engaged. What would have occurred inside of the church? And so, and so that's why it's, oh, um, it's, it, it hurts my heart when I hear one gift bashing others. Because uh, I don't think, I, I don't, it never produces any fruit. Simultaneously, um, I, I, I cringe when I see prophets who run away from relationships and don't engage uh, but sure, don't engage apostles because you have a way of uh, a, a lot of times delivering us from abuse. Most prophets that I know, uh, one of the reasons we need apostles is because we can have an almost, and I'll say this honestly for my own time, we can have an almost, you know, romantic view of situations and circumstances. We believe God said something mm -hmm. about somebody or something. We will stay in a, a place and a space, uh, a community of faith being abused, prostituted, misused, having leaders. Uh, doing all kind of stuff to us, and, it, uh, it, and a, a lot of times it is the gift of an apostle who shows up in your life, who is that facilitator to call you out of that mess, out of that mess, because apostles will look at the fruit of it, you will judge it, you'll weigh it, and you're going to be the one to say, "No, that ain't God. No, that was not the Holy Ghost." And the worst thing you can tell most prophets is that they didn't hear God. Oh my God, that's you're right, and, and it's the most difficult thing to do too. Because you don't want to to crush people. And and I'll say this. <clears throat> most apostles pastor as fathers. And the problem with that is everyone that they pastor has have not availed themselves to be fathered. <laughs> and and so if you are really connected to an apostle, or if apostle is really connected to a prophet. And it's, oh, I heard God say, and this, that, and the third, and blah, 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 blah. Well, 
he, this is where the apostolic comes in because God's not going to reveal more to you than he is to me if I'm the most responsible for this house. Mm. Like you might bring me a piece of the puzzle, but he's not going to show you the entire picture and and show and not show it to the to the leader, right? And so we prophesy in part and we know in part. And so I think apostles have a level of pride that kind of resists those sorts of things. And I think prophets have a level of pride that says, if you don't listen to me, then you're not listening to God. And I think the, the, the worst in both gifts come out when we're not humble enough to appreciate the gifting and what we bring to the table. Because, because here's the thing, um, the call of God on your life can break you if you do not manage it well, and it will cause fissures in your personalities. And so if we don't get healed, if we don't take the time, which is why I'm doing prophetic life modules, if we don't get healed in our person. Because we do relationships from our souls, right? So if we don't get healed in our person, if we don't have a strong sense of identity within who we are, when someone says to you, you know what? I don't agree with that. What we hear is, I think you're dumb. Or if someone says, I don't see it that way. I see it like this. What we hear is, you're wrong and I'm right. And that's not what was said. And then you mix in, spirituality, then you mix in dreams and visions, and then you mix in, I heard this and God told me this and you don't hear. And you mix in all of that and then you've got a cocktail of offense and dysfunction and irritation and division. And yeah, and, 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 it, def and it definitely shows that, you know, we see in the, in, in the scriptures how it is that that Paul and Barnabas have this huge disagreement yeah. over John Mark. Yeah. Over John Mark. And, and, and you know, you know, what was the caveat of the situation? I <laughs> I think Barnabas was legitimately would have been the only person who could have kept up and dealt with Paul throughout his missionary journeys. I think even some of the things that Paul suffered probably wouldn't occur if, if he had John Mark, excuse me, Barnabas, um, Barnabas inside of his life. But we see we see how how both interesting that both of them end up become, becoming sent up and recognized as apostles. But that prophet, um, the 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 Barnabas who excuse me, Barnabas very much understood as a prophet. We we, we we see we see that conflict, and we see them going going separate ways, not over sin, right, but over over, over an extraordinary disagreement. And that 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 they that was so intense that, that they literally they couldn't they, they couldn't work it out. And like you say, pride. And you know, um, and, and it, it's it, it's it's actually I think part of the reason why that 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 we're in each other other's lives because if there is if, if every I've never met a a, much, a a healthy apostle and a healthy prophet who is intimidated of another apostle or another prophet. And you you cannot be a legitimate prophet of God and, and serve effectively the body, and if you are intimidated by apostles, because I, I see some of the I, people, some apostles, unfortunately create a culture around them where people are scared of them, or, or, or bow to them every whim. And you know, apostles are in the New Testament and Old Testament are kind of a prototype of kings, and we see. 
how it is that Nathan and Daniels had to give the word of the Lord and sometimes say things to the king that nobody else was going to say. And, uh, and simultaneously, you see how it is that Paul, as an apostle, has, has to deal with an entire corrupt system going on at the church of Corinth, which was, which, which was I mean, a beachhead of extraordinary prophet and prophetic activity. And, and, and it's amazing how, how the reality of pride <clears throat> really does work really does work on pride and stubbornness uh, and the things that we tend to rebuke and challenge the body about mm -hmm. tend to be the thing, thing that uh, and festered inside of our own hearts and nature like a cancer and it's unfortunate so so that being said when it is that when it is that apostles uh, once we move to the next take this conversation further uh when it is that apostles and prophets learn to be gracious to one another and oh and and, and Stay in that metro. Can you please speak to this this crazy issue of prophets who who keep the sound of that simultaneously that, that they go, that that they just announce themselves their apostles and um and, and, and on the next side apostles who keep trying to be prophets who think they're the whole fivefold. <laughs> They Jesus Christ, because I I, I watch this trend. Uh, prophets, you know, they you prophet for a couple of years or whatever, and you start to gain more fame or you get a bigger following. All of a sudden, now the announcement is that you are now apostle. So and so and see, this is oh, what you're what you're hitting on is reformational structural problems that have many tentacles and many veins that drip into our churches. And this is why I'm really big on identity, fit, function, and flow. This is why I'm really big on, no, who are you? No, what is, no, 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 not what you think. No, 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 who are you? And and and, and understanding that you de uh, develop, you evolve, you grow, you mature, but at your core, you are who you are. And I think sometimes we kind of talked about this in our um, our prophetic life modules class that we have become so commercialized in the body of Christ that people feel like they have to take on another title or they have to rebrand themselves or have to reinvent themselves to stay relevant and stay current. And listen, I believe in being swaggy. I believe in, you know, using technology to your benefit. So, so don't come on, man. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying now. But at your core, you've got to stay true to who God has called you to do and be. And I think a lot of the times when you talk about you know, uh, I'm a prophet and I've been a prophet for this amount of time. And all of a sudden, Ooh, I'm an apostle. I think we don't understand that the fivefold ministry is not hierarchical. It's, it's not let you, I'm going to serve as an, as a, as a, as a pastor for a year or two. And then, uh, I'll be an evangelist on the field for five years. And then, you know, I feel like my prophetic gift might start kicking in when I'm on the road. Then I'll be, no, it's, it's not, it's not a hierarchical thing that you would send to when God called Jeremiah, he said, I knew who you were from the womb. <laughs> Saul was an apostle even while he was killing and persecuting the saints. He didn't know that, but that gift was there. 
um, that that wiring was there. He sat at the feet of Gamaliel. He was intelligent. He was brilliant. Why? God was going to use every part of his past and sanctify it for his use. So, so I think one of the things that we have to begin to really do, and it comes up and every time I open my mouth, is preach people into identity. Because if I can understand who I am, I won't compete with you. If I understand my calling and who God has called me to be, I'm not going to try to outdo you or one up you. And, and, and that's a part of the conflict, like you said, between the apostle and the prophet. And I think I need to be and I think I'm called to be and I, and you're going back and forth and you're schizophrenic and you and you lack credibility. And nobody wants to listen to you because you don't even know who you are. And I think Apostle, we also confused. I, I, let me just pause. Let, let, I felt that sword slipping on the hand, you know, that, 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 that correction of alignment that slipped in. You know, saying, saying, slip your hands. Apostle, by the way, you post, post your cash up inside, in, in, inside, the, inside, the, inside the comment section. Oh, okay. Um, you're giving this good word. And I don't know if I can do it, but it's uh, uh, dollar sign Dr. BT3. Okay, and I'll, I'll definitely put it out, um, BT, BT3, as well as um, I'll have my, ask my administrators to make sure pin that comment. It's Dr. It. It's Dr. BT3, yeah. Do, dollar sign Dr. DR, BT3? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Small R? Uh, it doesn't matter. Okay, BT3. Yeah, that's it there. Okay, great. I just want to make sure Yes, sir. Listen, my giving administration, so <laughs> I get rebuked continually for for that. Okay, so that because that that was really some great wisdom, it, and, and you know, um, it, it's the same thing as my mom and the gospel apostle Michelle. Every time I've listened to an authentic apostle speak, you always tend to bring us right back to the whole issue of identity, who it is that we are. And uh, in light of the finished work of the cross and in light of Christ and us functioning in that way, because that seems to be the issue. I, I think, you know, that um, from the perspective of prophets, we live in a day where, where there is so much pressure now to perform. Oh, my God. Let me just let me just say, stop you right there, because that is, in, in my estimation, one of the biggest reasons we got so much division is because we we live from a performance based mentality of identity. Uh, watch this. Now I'm about to I'm about to just walk with me. So a lot of us so a lot of us get our our church structure theology from the Catholic Church. And so you hear things like so and so made bishop in your organization or in your reformation, he he made bishop, right? And so what you'll see, and I'm not trying to throw shade, but I, I just want y'all to be clear. What you'll see is people politicking to become bishops. What you'll see is people trying to grow their ministries or do this or do that for the express purposes of becoming a bishop. And what it does is, it births within us a performance-based ministry model and paradigm. So I have to prove something to somebody. 
I've got to prove it. I've got to, I got to show you I'm anointed. I got to show you I'm called. I got to, I got, I got to call out, you know, 10 people's, their, their phone numbers, right? I've got to, I've got, if I'm an apostle, I've got to plant 25 churches in two years to prove who I am. And, and, and listen, the key is not that you shouldn't be fruitful. The problem is you're doing it to prove something that you already are. And you have to work out, work out your ministry. So I'm not against being fruitful. I'm against being fruitful to prove a point. I'm not against being fruitful. I'm against being fruitful to perform for your peers and for your contemporaries trying to prove something to yourself. Because the problem with that is if we just see the bishop and I just want to be a bishop. Well, how was the bishop treated? Well, they pull his car around. Well, they carry his Bible. Well, they wipe off his sweat. Well, they do all this other stuff. And if I'm a young minister and I'm like, well, I just want to be a bishop, never taking into an account, what is the call of God on my life? Never taking into account, maybe my call is outside of the four walls of the church. And so we birth this performance-based type of uh, mentality that becomes very toxic because once I begin to perform, I come out of I come out of my authenticity. See, when I'm myself, I'm not performing. When I'm myself, I'm not putting on. When I'm myself, I'm not changing my voice to sound like uh, a dynamic preacher of the, you know, when I'm my authentic self, I don't have to be something that I'm not. And, and so the fruit will follow the function. <laughs> so if I'm functioning correctly in my identity, who I am, what I'm supposed to do, there's automatically going to be fruit. There's automatically going to be production that happens. But because we don't preach identity, because we don't preach people into understanding and loving themselves, we have a, a, a generation of performers. Wow. So two things that's wow, two things that keep coming that keep coming across. At the core of this, all of this is really tied to a wrong self-concept. And it is it, it is an issue of identity. You know, by the way, this is what happens when you talk to apostles, but but then if you you could take us however complex the issue, they're gonna drill it down to the one thing that's really at, at the root of everything yeah. that we're dealing with. That, that, that the issue is one of identity. And you said something about fruitfulness. And I, I, I was thinking about that, and I was happy that you elucidated on it a little bit. Real fruitfulness is organic. That was the word I was thinking. Yes. Yes. It is, it is organic. It isn't something that you prime. It's not something that you push. You don't have to set a bunch of goals and objectives. You 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 just are. You just are. 24-7. Yes. You, you, you just are. And, and, and what, what has happened is that I think I think uh, amongst them, uh, just, just a general shot across the board, because there's, there's, there is just this pressure. And, you know, uh, personally, I, I felt it. I, I feel it and I hear it. And I think it's part of the reason that I speak out of the way. And even some issues that I talk about, it, it's my way of fighting against that. Like, no, you are not, I'm, I refuse to be bought into a culture 
Where is it? Where is it? You're going to believe that I'm going to be one of these other people who's trying to compete for a platform because because that, that is what is driving so many as it pertains to the work of the ministry to the gospel. It is the pressure, performance, social media likes, getting in the right click, um, getting in the in the correct space, um, being being seen by the right people. It, yeah, it's it, 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 it's it's it, it's very consumeristic, consumeristic, and it's very Western. Yes, and and and, and, and it, it it has a way of stripping us of the value of the integrity of who it is that we are, and so you know, um, and so it, it it's it really is something uh, to consider, and this is this this that's really good. So, on the core issue, the core issue uh, as it pertains to hold on, I see Apostle Michelle just said something, and the problem is we tried to multiply before we were fruitful. <laughs> Our mandate is to be fruitful, then multiply. Yes, that's so good. Well, say that. Speak of that, apostles, as we begin, as we prepare to wrap up. No, no, no. That I mean that that is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how else to add to. I mean, it's so it's so good because, it, again, what I think what she's getting to is well. First of all, fruitfulness and organic movement starts from within. A person has to be fruitful when in in and of themselves, right? And so you cannot multiply unless and until you're fruitful. And I'm speaking allegorically. I th think of a man and a woman. A man and a woman cannot have a, a child. They cannot multiply unless they themselves are fruitful or equipped to even do that. And I think a lot of times we have, and what we see, <laughs> I'm about to say something. What we see is a lot of people go out to, uh, you know, you meet, have one meeting with them. Okay. I'm your spiritual father now. Wait, you don't wait. What are you talking about? You know, you're going to be my son in the ministry. Wait, I just, I had dinner with you one time. Like, and so that is, that is a, uh, that is, that is trying to multiply before the relationship is even fruitful. That is so good. And, and so we, we again, and, and I think you said something that is so very important. We live in a consumerism Christianity, commercialized. And so, and I'm going to just be honest with you, and I'm going to say this. One of the things that has frustrated me personally is, like you said, we are so driven by what we see on screens that we don't take the time to, to build with legitimate people that we're actually in relationship with. We'll, we'll save up money to, to buy a plane ticket, to pay $200 for a conference uh, registration, to buy a couple of outfits, but we won't, but we won't tithe regularly or, or help in our local house or help, or, or help to do what we're supposed to do, where we're planted. And I think that is a part of the problem because it, it's working against us in both ways because the people who are who are doing the lights, camera, action, so to speak, and I, again, and I'm not against light cameras and action, but the people who are doing that are being fed from a dysfunctional people and the people who are trying to build something credible in their local uh, uh, city or state or uh, principal or, you know, pr um, uh, municipality are frustrated because they feel like they have to compete with the churches that have been doing it for 25 years 
and built off of a, a, a prophetic gift who just goes around and prophesies and tells people what they already know rather than the man or the woman of God who has actually walked with them, rolled on the floor with them in deliverance, come to their house, paid some of their bills sometimes, and are actually doing relationship with them. See, that's, that's real Christianity. Laying down your life to be transformed. See, now I feel like preaching. Let me calm down. <laughs> you can't hang with prophets and not get straight up, right? <laughs> let me let me take I some see, water I here. A, I see you sipping right now. You're sipping right now. <laughs> that, that sipping is, is multi-purpose. That's you saying you think on that. And simultaneously, you say, you know, let me calm myself down before I, before I turn something over. You said something, Apostle, and I think it is the truth. And I wrote I, I wrote something down related to it. Becoming a globalized society has removed all boundaries, both to our benefit and to our demise. Mm -hmm. Because we're exposed to so much, it creates expectations and, 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 and it establishes, establishes fantasies that are disconnected from living, breathing reality of what it means to do life in the kingdom. And so we, we, we tend to lust after what is what is shown in the reality of another, which is a lot of times simply camera screens, marketing teams, and nothing behind the scenes. And then we reject those who by their life may be flawed, aren't as pretty, aren't as, you know, um, glorious, but integral, mature, trusted, tested, who have labored with us. Well, 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 the labor with us, and so and so and so that tends to be a lot of times uh, the issue that I'm that I'm noticing continue about my parents because when I look at the voices that they that they admire or that they speak about or that they want to emulate, it is rarely people that they actually know. Yeah, it's it's like a Hollywood syndrome. It's like the person. It's like the person the person on the screen is a fantasy to me. I, 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 will, I will never have the opportunity to eat dinner with them. I will never have the opportunity to be invited in their house and actually sup with them. I will never have the opportunity. And, and again, and I, and I hope I don't sound like I'm throwing shade. I'm not throwing shade. It's, I, you're not throwing shade. It's, it's, establishing, it's establishing an essential reality. It, right. Because if, 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 if we're holding on to something that's, that's not true, the possible, then, then we're going to continue to be seduced and running after what's actually going to, going to stop us for years. Absolutely. And again, and, I, and it, it's a matter of when you look at, when you think of the relationship that Christ has with the church, it, it is a marriage. And the the bride, the bridegroom, you know, Ephesians chapter five, the washing of the water by the word, they may present them to himself uh, without having spot, you know, wrinkle or any, you know, the scripture. And so we live in such, a, like I said, a globalized society where I can instantly connect with somebody who is literally across the world in a few seconds, that our attention span is so small that, you know, if you don't get to it real good, real quick, then I'm out. My, I just can't take it no more. And people who have, like you said, a media team and all this other stuff, 
you know, they could be saying Mary had a little lamb and his fleece was white as snow. And everywhere that Mary went, yeah, come on. And Noah built the ark, hallelujah. And it's like, whoa, did you hear it? Yeah, we learned that in Sunday school. But because of how they said it, but because of, 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 of the phantasmagoric, mystical, you know, woo, Hollywood production. And I'm not hating. I love that stuff. I really do. But I'm just speaking to the mentality that we have to get back to that says all of that is a, a tool. That's not the main event. Where has God planted me? What have I been called to do in the kingdom? I've not been called to be starstruck. I've not been called to be a to be a spectator. I've been called to build. I've been called to grow. I've been called to mature. And, and we've got to get back to some of those foundational fundamental things because if we don't, we'll miss out and we continue to miss out. And we have splinter people who's, you know, who cry church hurt every five minutes because somebody didn't smile at them. You know, and, and so we get this, we have this very wishy-washy mentality that we really need to be delivered from, quite frankly. And I think it's rooted in, it's, it's rooted in uh, fan-based, starstruck, uh, churchianity. And it's it's wanting to, to be the next T.D. Jakes or the next Cindy Trim or the next Juanita Bynum, somebody who, 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 whose life... We, we, we're not even exposed to, we, we just, we just heard this sermon. And, and, and watch and, this. Let me just say this really, really quickly. But you, but you mentioned, you know, some names, but if you think about those big names, none of them are alike. Bishop Jakes has his, has his style, has his Metron. Juanita Bynum has her style, her Metron. Um, uh, Cindy Trim has her, uh, Bishop Noel, they all are distinct and unique. And I think that's why they have been successful is because they're not trying to be anyone other than themselves. And we get so caught up with trying to do what they do, then we miss out the on the authenticity of who God has called us to be. And we rob the world, quite frankly, of a gift. That is so. That is that. That 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 is so good, man. Oh. Yeah, well, two things. Because 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 this 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 shall take us another couple hours. <laughs> just just getting into this stuff. Uh, it's it, it's so deep the reality of identity and and when that is lacking, that proper foundation, how so many things are built, and so much is so much is. <laughs> We're not even we're not even gonna to respond to that comment. Uh, how so many things are so much is is invested into people and organizations, institutions with no sincere foundation. And, and and then everything crashes. And when it crashes, the only thing that ends up happening is that those who who committed their hearts and lives and ministries, all of this stuff. They're the they're they're the ones or we're the ones that dismayed, not realizing that that we that we we parked ourselves on a house that was built on sand, not on the rock, not on the rock of identity. Come on, man. Not on the rock of who it is that we are. And when you build, uh, 
And you know, it's amazing that, 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 that the difference between rock and sand is that sand, that rock is simply sand that has been tested and that is under pressure. And, and when it is that we, we give ourselves to that which has no capacity to stand the test of time, and it, it just falls. And I've watched it fall so, so, so many times. And then people are dismayed with God and dismayed with each other. And um, so many negative things happen. And I, 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 think that, that I think this is definitely a call for us to, to the reality, not just of, of identity, but sober reality of who it is that we are. And that, uh, and when it is that you recognize who it is that you are, you recognize deeply and, and you have great appreciation for others who are not like you. Yes. So, so as, a, as a prophet, I, I celebrate and I receive and understand the necessity uh, of engaging uh, engaging with, with authentic apostles like yourself and apostolic apostles like yourself um, who, who have a deep love and are drawn to and embracing the prophets because we keep your life excited. You, 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 must, you must say that it, oh, yes. it, it is never boring dealing with real prophets. You, you, you will never know what, what else is about to happen. And um, that, that, that is so good. So, Apostle, um, um, I just, before I any final thoughts, and uh, please tell us, um, like, listeners, everyone, as I said, please um, bless this man of God, because like, that was some solid wisdom. Most of y'all need to get that in church years. And y'all need to sow a seed. Let's sow into the man of God as well as I, I need you to um, get his resources, connect with him, add him on social media, follow him, inbox him. You know, nothing crazy, but check it out, the man of God. I get to know him. He really, he really is a surely gracious apostle. But uh, any final thoughts, apostle, before that, as we wrap this session up? Yeah, you, you, you brought something to my mind. We talked about the sand in the rock. In Matthew 16, when Jesus was with his disciples, he asked them, who do men say that I am? And they said, some say, you know, you identify as, you know, one of Elijah, one of the prophets. But then he said, but who do you say that I am? And of course, we know Peter said, you know, you're you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And, and to me, again, that was an identity issue. And Jesus said, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. Upon what rock? The revelation of who I am. <laughs> I'm going to build my church so good. upon that, not upon not upon the, the, the fishes and the loaves and the miracles, but on who I am in context to the Father. And oftentimes our ministries, uh, our relationships are not built upon that context. And, and so I, I think to kind of bring this to conversation to a good landing place, when we talk about the relational divide between the, the prophet and the apostle, it has to begin to be healed with understanding a revelation of who God has made the other gift to be. Not how I want to see them, not how they think they see themselves, but who has God made this individual to be? Who has God made this particular gift in my life to be? How do I relate to, how do I connect to this particular prophet in my life? to this particular apostle in my life so that I can get the benefit of being in relationship with them. And, and I think if we start with that kind of mentality going into these relationships and conversations, 
that I think will be uh, a lot better for it. Um, you talked about our resources. You can go to our website. Um, I have, actually have a couple, but uh, to actually get like our books, we have a couple of books out. Um, the let la the last one I've done, and it was probably our best seller so far is, uh, is entitled let my people think. Um, in fact, I got a shipment coming in on Monday or tomorrow, actually, uh, let my people think. And it's really about, uh, I got the thought from when Moses was, went to, uh, Pharaoh and said, let my people go. It's really kind of a, a case study on the different ways on how to think and why thinking is important in the body of Christ. Um, that's on our website, uh, www.bt3ministries.com. Uh, Shift is on there, Staying Fresh with God. It's another great book uh, that we did about five years ago. Um, and some other resources are on there. But um, our school of ministry, as you mentioned earlier, is AMI, Advanced Ministry Institute. We are in the middle of uh, a new degree. In fact, uh, our graduation, I think, is in May called the Progressive Leader Degree. Um, I've got plenty of books and manuals. Uh, let me find one. Here's just one of them. Um, the Advanced Ministry Institute, the BT3 School of Ministry. Uh, you can see how thick it is. I think it's like, uh, how many pages? Over 200 pages. Uh, and so we got plenty of resources. I like small books, so not, not blessed. Yeah, and so uh, we got a whole lot of stuff that we would love to... Um, be able to connect with, man. So I, I appreciate you for letting me come on and, and uh, just spend some time with you. And uh, this this was really, really good. This was excellent. So everyone, this is Apostle Benjamin T. Moore, uh, extraordinary guest who blessed with so much wisdom and um, just picture of grace. We have to do this again. I, I whenever it is uh, at some point this in 2021 to, to see, perhaps after I finish your, your prophetic modules, <laughs> let's see how I'm doing. <laughs> was, a, was a state of my soul after you done got me together. So, uh, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for spending time with us. And uh, thank you for sustained viewership. I appreciate that. Listen, please tag this and share this with your friends. This is first and foremost a great discussion regarding apostles and prophets, but it's, it's definitely moved into a, a, the bigger picture of what God is doing in his body and the necessity for healthy relationships. And, and once again, thank you all for spending some time with me. And we're going to sign up now. And, yeah, reach out to our man of God. Get his resources. And thank you all again. Have an amazing night. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. The broadcast is over. Apostle, that was so, 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 so good. Uh, you, you, kept, you kept bringing it back to the bigger, uh, to the bigger picture. And I, 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 I appreciate the bigger picture, this whole issue of identity and relationships and bringing things into its proper context. And whatnot, and um, I, you know, it's that, that was that was excellent. I I, I legitimately enjoyed, um, enjoyed the conversation and, and seeing how your mind works and some of the some of the things that I remembered, um, and some of that with, with, with the apostles that I dealt with in my in my younger years, uh, that that oh Lord, I didn't like young at all. I, I, <laughs> and God would deceive me because I I joined a ministry figure I'm figuring I'm joining a pastor gift. And then in about two, three years, they, 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 